All right, uh, I'm going to do a little acoustic version of a single uh, that we just released. It's called uh, Bottom of the Sea, a little acoustic version of it here. So, uh, so I'll do my introduction once again. Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. Uh, we're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. And I'm Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. And we're here, of course, with uh, JP from Cabinet. How are you doing today? Great. Great. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, great yeah. to be here. So... Uh, what, uh, what what have you been up to lately? I know you've been busy uh, doing your own stuff, and you also have all the stuff with Cabinet and the recording and everything recently. So uh, catch us up on what you've been doing the past couple months. Uh, well, basically finishing up little little touches on the uh, the Cabinet album, uh, just little, little little tiny stuff, uh, which is pretty much done at this point. We're going to start getting it uh, mastered up and ready to go for its release in October. Um, and that was up in Vermont, so a lot of a lot of driving back and forth uh, to Vermont, which 
um, I'll never complain about. It's a nice drive. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is a nice drive, and I love it up there. So I don't need much of an excuse to get up there. Um, but we've been doing that, and then uh, you know, amongst playing uh, as well, we just did a little trip down to North Carolina and Virginia last weekend, and uh, we've been up in Vermont playing as well, and in, in New York State too, and just just practicing away and and just playing and, and writing, you know, pretty much. Nice. You guys usually seem to cover a lot of ground. Uh, yeah. A lot of ground. <laughs> a, little, a little too much. <laughs> it weighs on you. It will wear you out. But, uh, yeah, we like to get around as much as we can. Yeah. And you guys are, are spread out a little bit now, uh, you know, these mm -hmm. days. So, uh, you know, how does that have an effect on the band and how you guys, you know, practice and get together and uh, record and things like that? It's... Uh, it's interesting. It's tough because yeah, Pappy he lives up in, in Vermont and Burlington, and, and Mickey lives in uh, in Baltimore. Now he's been there for a while, so yeah, it's it's tough to get all six of us together at the same place when we're not out on the road playing. But obviously, it's important to get some good practice in. So we try to usually meet up, you know, a day or two uh, early and get a little bit of rehearsal in before a run you know, or something like that. And we're always exchanging ideas uh, through email or just talking to each other on the phone and stuff or, or Google Hangouts. Sure. Um, but also some of us, the four of us that live around here, we get together uh, and practice just the four of us sometimes as well. Hmm. Now, uh, you guys are defined as, as bluegrass, but uh, I mean, I think it kind of play around with and transcends <laughs> the, the category, so to speak. So, uh, you know, do you think of it as bluegrass or do you think of it as something else entirely? I do not think of it as bluegrass, no. I mean, we, we do cover some bluegrass songs, and uh, we enjoy playing bluegrass and have mm. the instrumentation for it. Um, but it's it's pretty far from bluegrass a lot of the time. Sure. You know, so especially uh, at this point now, four albums in. This will be the fourth one coming up. Um, studio albums, yeah. This will be the um, let's see, yeah, it'll be four. It'll okay. Be four. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly evolved uh, a good amount since that first one, which also wasn't bluegrass anyway uh, but it was much more in the vein of bluegrass on the first album for sure sure <clears throat> now uh you you also have kind of an interesting mix of uh you know from the interviews that i've read of uh you know personal musical influences how, how do they play a role in uh the songs that you're writing with cabinet and and you know, in your own personal uh, music as well uh they play a big time role of course uh you know we're all like sponges you know listening to you know, all sorts of music from from reggae to, to heavy metal, you know, yeah. throughout the band. But uh, it definitely influences my songwriting, for sure, what I'm listening to. I had to stop listening to country music for a little while, actually, because I was only writing three-chord, uh, sad, heartbreak songs. And I said, <laughs> well, maybe put the George Jones down for a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you get inspired by what you listen to and, you know, in many different ways, you can take a. I could listen to a Pearl Jam song and be inspired by it, and then write a nice, really slow, quiet finger picking tune from that inspiration or something. You know, so it's kind of a little bit all over the place. Sure. With the inspiration, I guess. Now, uh, so so much of what you guys do on stage is uh, comes from improvisation and uh, kind of feeling where the music goes. Uh, how do you how do you meet the uh, the right people to be able to do something like that? And and how do you stay on track and know where you are and and kind of come back to you know where the song is and things like that? I'm I'm sure that's a process that didn't come easy at the beginning. 
Yeah, it's still a process. I mean, there's, <laughs> a, I think we're still trying to figure out if there's a method to the madness. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, when, when you play with each other for, for 10 or 11 years, you definitely start to know people's tendencies and, and where something is eventually probably going to go in a, in a jam or something. And, um, and it's fun. It's exciting that the, the improv part of playing live music um, just keeps it fresh. You know? Now, uh, let's see. Now, you have the new the new album, uh, Cool River, was recorded in Vermont, as you were talking about, uh, with uh, uh, Fingen, uh, fish engineer uh, uh, Ben Collette. Yeah. So, uh, how is it working with him in terms of uh, what you've pre what you've been used to? Uh, was this a was this a, a different process altogether? No, not really completely. Um, we've uh, <clears throat> the first few albums we did we recorded with uh, Eric Ritter up at the Windmill Studio in Mount Cobb. Um, which is a great little spot. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually I'm recording uh, some solo stuff up there. And right they now. do a really great job. Yeah, he does an awesome job. He's got excellent equipment, and he's just a super nice guy to work with. Um, ben, on the other hand, is pretty pretty similar. Um, very easy to work with, personable guy, and just really full of like uh, great ideas, you know, and interesting little thoughts. And it was fun sitting down with. Him. We definitely dug in. Uh, a little more with with Ben, you know. He was uh, he wanted to like, get down to the core of mm -hmm. every single song, and figure out you know why the song sounded the way it did based on the lyrics that were in the song or uh, or whatever. And very we, thorough. Yeah, I'm very sure. thorough. And we ended up actually um, changing a couple of things, a bunch of stuff really, uh, through ideas of his. And uh, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun to work with him. And uh, it's good to good to know him and have him as a friend now, for sure. Well, you had said in the uh, you guys are, are running a pledge music campaign mm -hmm. uh, to promote the album, sell the album. Uh, you can get it in different packages and things like that. Um, you had said that uh, you guys took a lot of musical risks, or that you, you kind of went in different directions and tried things that were a little bit different. Was that uh, did that come natural, or was that a little scary to to jump in and do something different? No, it came natural. It's it was pretty easy actually because. Um, We've been playing these songs live for for a good while, you know. So anyone uh, who's a Cabinet fan will will know pretty much every song on the album uh, <laughs> when it comes out. Yeah. Um, but the songs had already started to evolve in that way and started to get more electric and and um, you know mess around with uh, interesting time signatures and stuff like that. And so um, by the time we were up there in Vermont, it was like, okay, here it is already already explored, you know. Yeah. But let's uh. Let's just polish it up a little bit, basically. Yeah. I feel like your audience is, they're so loyal to what you guys do, and I feel like they're almost going to encourage any kind of, like, experimentation or progression or growth. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's probably going to just be awesome, like a new awesome experience for, like, everybody that's a fan of the band. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I'm really proud of the way it all came out. It, you know, it sounds, sounds pretty nice, you know, uh, so... I'm pumped, and yeah, we're super lucky that our our loyal fans are are that way and are willing to stick with us as mm -hmm. we journey through our, our musical experience here. Although I, I think you'll always get those people who are like, "Oh, well, I, I'm I'm scared of change." Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. I, it, I'm into the really, earlier stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, like you're, you're oh yeah, you're you're at that point now. You've yeah. put out enough music that yeah. now you can officially have people be like, "Oh yeah, their early stuff was more," you know. This and that. Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean? Does that does that bother you, or do you do you really think about that kind of stuff, or is that just? It, it definitely doesn't bother me. I mean, 
and no, I don't really think about it. I mean, we're we're just gonna write, you know, the best music that we can write. That's it, you know. Sure. I mean, and we don't, you know, I I, I wouldn't want to write another album that was like the first one we put out. You know, that's that's, I mean, I listen to it every rare once in a while, and I'm like, man, this is hilarious, and ridiculous, <laughs> a little bit. You know, it's great. I, I love the songs and stuff. They're all our tunes and. Um, we put our, our heart and soul into them, but sure. it's just, uh, it feels good to progress always, you know, and kind of keep the, keep the cycle moving in a, in an upward direction as far as songs go and music goes. And so, no, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. Can you talk about, uh, the, the song you just played, Cool River? What was the inspiration for that? Um, I just played Bottom of the Sea. Oh, I'm I, sorry. Bottom that, of the Sea, rather. Okay. The, the album's <clears throat> name is Cool River. That's right. Yep. That's correct. Um, inspiration for that song was I don't know I was just kind of uh, in a in a mood or something like that and was yeah. kind of it sounds like kind of a like a sad depressing like suicide song it's very beautiful <laughs> I thought it was like a very yeah. beautiful song well and that's the way I like in a comforting way it could be sad but like yeah. sometimes with that like kind of sadness and it's almost like a comforting thing am I talking to <laughs> so like the character in the song he's just He's just kind of had enough, and he wants to, um, you know, kind of just to reach some sort of inner peace. Basically, mm -hmm. is what it's all about. And you know, <clears throat> his his way of finding that is sleeping on the bottom of the sea and an eternal rest, you know, type of a deal. And I think, <clears throat> you know, most of us are kind of searching for something like that in life at at some point, sooner or later. And um, that's kind of where it came from. But I was in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey. When uh, when the lyrics for that song uh, came out, I had like I had the melody in my head already, and I was just standing in this hotel room on a balcony outside the hotel room, just looking out at the ocean. It was kind of a dark and rainy day, and waves were crashing around, and all of a sudden the words just started to come to me. And it comes through. It definitely comes through in the song. That whole vibe, mm -hmm. that atmosphere. <clears throat> yeah. And it sounds like it wasn't what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's diff it's very different, so it's pretty cool it's to hear. It's meant to be an uplifting song, not definitely not a sad, depressing song mm -hmm. by any means at all. Uh, <laughs> although I can see how it can be <laughs> looked at that way for sure. Sure. Well, uh, I'll I'll will stop and answer some uh, we'll answer some comments uh, since we have a few. There seems to be a lot of people, and even before we started this, who are fascinated uh, with your hair. Or facial hair. Uh, there was there was uh, Mike Mike Quinn wants to know how you get your hair like that, uh, which he asked the other day too. And Jason Reed Miller, uh, screw that guy, uh, asked what happened to I'm your stash. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> oh, the stash has been gone for a little while, Reed Miller. I had to uh, had to shave it off. It was starting to to wiggle around a little too much on my face. Um, plus, I was getting a lot of flack for it. But I really did enjoy it. When I shaved it off, it, I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked really weird. I said, well, I don't know if I, maybe I should grow it back. I don't know if I like this. But it was a terrible mustache. I, I don't think I saw you with the mustache. It was pretty, it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I just can't grow. Great. You can get away with that in Scranton though, I feel like. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's a NEPA thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I just don't grow facial hair well. My dad, he told me, he was like, look, bud, don't hold out. Like, you're going to be you're gonna be about 40 before you grow, like, a, a good beard or, or mustache or anything. So, But I gave it a shot. And, um, Mike, I get my hair like this by, um, before I leave Scranton to drive down to Wilkes-Barre, I, 
I put a bunch of bacon <laughs> grease in my hair, and then I just ride with my head out the window the whole time. So that's how, that's how that works. It does have a nice, a nice swish to it. <laughs> yeah, I put a little swish. I kind of did it real quick uh, before I ran out, so I don't even know what it looks like right now. It looks good. <laughs> it looks decent. That's the first thing I noticed when I saw it. I was like, oh, it looks pretty good. All right. Good. Yeah, you'll be uh, all right. I did it myself. Big deal. It's kind of almost like a throwback, too. It'll kind of like a, a 50s... Mm-hmm. Cool guy hanging down by like the ditch, like trading pink slips with people. <laughs> That's what I get from it. I like it. All right, cool. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll definitely accept that. Mike seems satisfied with that answer. Okay. So, so we'll move on. Great. <laughs> uh, so uh, you'd mentioned the the windmill agency and that you were recording there. So uh, uh, what what's, uh, what kind of solo stuff are you working on? How, how does it differ from what uh, people might be used to through uh, cabinet? Um, it's it, so there's probably a decent amount of cabinet fans that have heard me play solo, and um, it's not anything that's much different than that, uh, really. Which is, uh, I'm actually I'm recording a couple of tunes that are going to be on the Cool River album. A couple of those songs that I had written for that album, I'm doing just more of like a broken down acoustic version mm-hmm. of them, um, and just kind of. It's interesting. So I'll write a song, and I'll have this idea of it in my head of what I what I think it will be, you know, or what I want it to be, and then I, I'll bring it to the band, and um, then it morphs into this whole other animal half the time, you know, which is sure. fine. I, I love that. I love, you know, letting the guys work their magic on the songs, really, and, and turn it into something else. But so a lot of these songs, the at least the ones that I played with the cabinet. Um, that I'm recording, they're going to be just more like my original idea of what I wanted the song to be like, mm. you know. Um, and uh, it's pretty cool, actually. Um, my mom wrote uh, all the lyrics for one of uh, one of the tunes that I'm recording as well. That's awesome. Which I'm pretty excited about writing a song with my mom. Uh, <laughs> never did that before, and she did a pretty good job. So I'm pumped for that one. Um, it's about uh, drinking drinking bathtub gin and dancing around. <laughs> um, are you playing any solo sets at the breakdown i am yeah i'm playing well it's gonna be a duo actually it'll be myself and uh roy williams brother roy yeah he's real talented yeah him and i are gonna do a, an everly brothers slash uh, leuven brothers nice set yeah it should be fun that will be cool yeah oh yeah and roy's incredible love that guy so i'm looking forward to that nice well, the, uh, for those who don't know either, the uh, Susquehanna Breakdown is going to be back for the fifth year on Friday, May 19th, and Saturday, May 20th uh, at the Pavilion at Montage Mountain. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about how that got started originally, because, uh, to, to, you know, w- one thing that I've always taken from a lot of uh, local musicians around here is uh, a lot of them either dream to be or kind of met the dream of being able to play the pavilion. It was mm-hmm. like their big thing. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to be a local musician, I want to play on that stage that I grew up seeing, you know, all these sure. concerts there that maybe influenced me or stuck with me in some form or another. Uh, was it the same for you, being able to play the pavilion? Uh, it wasn't something that I wanted always necessarily, but uh, I will say that after the first time I played on it, I was kind of like, well, yeah. All right, <laughs> that happened. That's cool. Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm I'm happy to be in in that club, you know. Um, but um, I mean, I've seen a million shows up there. I, I you know, I love it. I have my qualms with it too, but uh, it's. I, a great, I think everybody does in yeah, some form or another. But it's a great stage, and um, definitely proud to have played on it and to continue to play on it for sure. 
Now, uh, how, how did the how, how did you even approach the idea of getting a festival up there? I know uh, that uh, that Bill Owner had had a lot to do with that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and and the band and everything. But how, how did you guys uh, get the idea to say, hey, we're going to do a festival and we're going to do it here and we're going to do it big at the Pavilion? We're not going to just you know do a small thing in a, at a small venue like we're going to go big with something like this. Yeah, it was really pretty much all Bill. You know, he 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 got it all together. He started. He made a couple of relationships with some uh, Live Nation folks, and uh, it just—he had it set in his mind that he wanted to, you know, have a cabinet festival, and um, he basically just steered the ship. And uh, the first year we had it was called the Old Farmers Ball, right? Which uh, we realized somebody else had copyrighted already. Some like <laughs> dance party down in Louisiana or something like I don't even know where, but they were kind enough to let us use it for that one year and. And we change it to the Susquehanna breakdown, but yeah, Bill has been uh, a big driving force behind the whole thing for sure, and uh, it's cool. I love to see you know how it's uh, you know, progressed and what it's turned into, and it's it's just a good time for all. <laughs> good times be had for all up there on the mountain. How has it evolved over time? Not just for the audience, but for you guys as performers and organizers. You know, deciding what bands are going on there and stuff like that. It seems to have grown more and more every year and attracted bigger names. And uh, I mean, it's even been ro- written up in like Rolling Stone and stuff at this point. Which I mean, that's a rite of passage right there. Yeah, sure, that's incredible. I mean, uh, an honor, absolute honor for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, I want to say every year I want to say, well, this is the best lineup we've ever had. You know? Yeah. But I, I look back on some of the lineups we had, and you know, we, I'm really proud of uh, all the lineups. You know, every year that's uh, we've done it, but um, it's cool to to attract the attention of you know a band like Green Sky Bluegrass or the Wood Brothers for sure, uh, like we have this year, Keller Williams. Um, so it, it's definitely you know we're, we're moving up in that sense, um, but. You know, we, we've had Railroad Earth and the infamous String Dusters there, you know, last year as well, right. and um, a whole bunch of other great bands, Ryan Montebleu, and so um, the music has just always been good, in my opinion, you know, even the first year was a small little lineup and um, not too many, you know, heavy hitters on there or anything, but the music was great and it seemed like everybody had a good time, and I think as long as that's always there, that's what, you know, that's what matters the most, you know, if the music is just good music sure uh, what I think is really cool about the breakdown is that it's also pretty family oriented super mm. super family which I love I think a lot of people appreciate that too I love that too and the, everyone seems to basically police themselves you know it's, mm-hmm. it's not like you know we don't have to hire you know a thousand policemen to be up there or anything like that it's not a uh, which also a just gives it a whole different festival. kind of authoritative vibe which never ends up Exactly. A positive. Yeah, and so it's great. Everybody looks out for each other and kind of polices each other, and you know, and yeah, there's lots of little kids up there, and we like to make it that kind of environment where everybody can have fun, and you know, you can party too, but you just be respectful, and <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a good time, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, not just at the pavilion, but a lot of concerts. It seems like a lot of things will get out of control really quick, and things like that. And it just—it's completely not that vibe at every every breakdown. I've been there since the first one. Nice. It's always so, uh, so relaxed and and so cool. And and you don't have to. I think the the thing too is is people don't seem to get that if it's you don't think it's your type of music that you shouldn't go out and give it a try. Sure. Like I mean, I think I mean for. For, for what you get for how cheap the tickets are, I think it's it's one of the best deals you can have to see a show in the area all year long. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think people 
maybe get turned off by the idea of, oh, it's bluegrass, I don't know what that is, or it's country, or it's this or that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's so much uh, else going on in not just your music, but all the bands, really, mm -hmm. that oh, yeah. I think anybody can dig it. You know, it's yeah. not something that... There's something up there for, for everyone, for sure, especially this year. I mean, we have uh, Turquoise, who are, you know, like... So much fun. Super funky, you know? So if you're not into bluegrass, chances are you're going to like that, and they're going to knock your socks off. They're incredible. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just go up and give it a try. You're probably going to enjoy it. Yeah. You're going to enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, I, I, one of the ones that, one of the things that stuck out when you said that was, uh, you know, when uh, everybody's families got up and sang together last year on stage. Mm -hmm. I think that was a pretty cool moment. How did that, how did that feel to you? Did, I almost cried like five separate times <laughs> up there trying to sing uh, CSN, the whole family. It was awesome, man. I mean, that's, we got done with that and I was like, Crap, we can never top that. That's it. <laughs> we just we just leveled off, you know. Um, it was so cool. I mean, that's um, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is like the my my family's anthem. Basically, mm. you know, we do family reunions or Christmas parties, and we all get together and we sing around the campfire or in Grandma's kitchen or something. And that song always ends up being being sung in like 500 part harmony by all my aunts and uncles and cousins and there's a lot of you guys at, from what i understand there is yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which has to be a ton of fun oh it's great I, yeah I so look forward to the family reunion every year it's you know it's awesome and everybody's getting older and stuff and everybody has kids now there's like all, this whole new generation <laughs> of family running around being crazy um but yeah it's always a blast you guys should come on up if you want sing a little crosby stills <laughs> with us around the campfire Epic grandmas. <laughs> that sounds fun to me. Mm -hmm. hey, you, uh, it sounds like your family has been quite an influence from the beginning in terms of your music. Uh, you know, how is that? What, what what kind of music did you guys uh, grow up with, and and you know how that affect what you do now? Um, I remember my parents always listening to a lot of Crosby, Stills and Nash that I've, I've mentioned a couple times here, and um, you know, like Beatles, of course, um, but also. Um, one, one that was really big with my entire family, too, was James Taylor. We all just really celebrated the whole catalog. Mm. And, um, I mean, that guy is incredible. Yeah. Ridiculous musician and songwriter. And so he's, uh, he's played a big, big role. Not that I feel like I write music like his at all, really, but, uh, I mean, I just I love him. I love his style. And some people think he's a little cheesy or whatnot, and maybe he is, but uh, he's great, super talented guy. Um, so he's been a, a big part of family musical inspiration, for mm. sure. Well, we got a few more comments, so I'll, I'll jump back to them. I'll try to do that periodically. Uh, let's see. I had I had one. Does it just keep refreshing itself? Like, yeah, it's kind of not very conducive to what we're trying to do here. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Quinn said there wasn't a dry eye in the house during that family sing-along. <laughs> oh, man. That was so great. So much fun looking over at my I saw pictures from dad, that. Unfortunately, my, my I wasn't grandma. there. Oh. But I saw pictures. It was a pretty good feeling. It was. It looked like a great, great feeling, great vibe. Jeff Fuchs uh, says, uh, any insight into the acoustic set this year? Last year was probably the most touching experience ever. Um, no, Jeff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, to be honest, we don't really have it all together yet. It'll be a short, shorter set like last year's was, you know, 30 or 45 minutes. Um, 
but uh, we'll make sure to make it interesting and fun for you, that's for sure. And uh, Rich Stoller says, uh, anything special planned for uh, Del Fest 10 this year? Maybe, Rich Stoller. <laughs> Maybe. We are definitely going to be doing so through our Pledge Music campaign. We, um, One of the things you can buy as a pledge was a, um, an acoustic festival campground set. Um, and we sold a couple of those. So we'll be doing those at Del Fest, um, which will be fun. And those are pretty much open to anyone and everyone. So come and hang out with us there, Rich. <laughs> uh, and the Bobecks and the Skidmores. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise there might be another thing or two up our sleeve, but nothing I'm going to talk about right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Good call. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ryan says, uh, you have to do another jazz cafe show for shits and giggles. Uh, cut it off at 150 tickets. Memories. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whatever you want, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> See that? All you have to do is ask and you shall receive. Something like that might be cool. Kind of like a more exclusive, like, in, not like an invite only, but a smaller, like more private kind of intimate evening. You know, something like that would be cool. Do you guys do anything like that? Um, we have, we, we played in, um, at the Elk Creek Cafe in Milheim, Pennsylvania, like a year or two ago, and those are, that's pretty, like, li nice little intimate yeah. spot to do a show, um, but otherwise, excuse me, um, no, not really. So, uh, well, we'll get back to, to our questions then. Screw you people. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, don't talk to Cabin fans. <laughs> 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 Don't worry, guys. I got no, your back. No more, got no back. more questions about hair, okay? <laughs> That's it. Um, so uh, what's, what's uh, other than the, the acts that you guys chose, what's going to be different about this year's uh, breakdown? Um, it's just going to be more awesome than all the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be we want – we don't really want to make it different. You know, we want to mm -hmm. keep the same – that same kind of family fun vibe that goes on. That's the goal uh, every year. So um, the only thing that's going to be different is it's a it's a different year, really. You know, we're otherwise trying to keep everything the same, and the bands are different. But um, yeah, want to keep it keep it the same as much as possible. Bill always seems really dedicated uh, to that event and dedicated. I mean, you guys all do the whole band. Mm -hmm. You guys all seem very dedicated to making sure. That everyone's enjoying themselves and you know having a good time and there's always like a good energy in the atmosphere so that's what it's all about yeah. it's, it's like the ultimate show to really hang out with the fans you know and that's like we just we want to offer ourselves to them you know uh, that weekend because you know it doesn't always work out that way sometimes you play a show and then you gotta scoot and run and get yeah. to your hotel or drive for a thousand hours or, or whatever it may be but it's a whole it's a whole weekend of really just hanging out and enjoying each other's company, you know, so yeah. uh, that's what I look forward to most about it, for sure. And do you prefer that over, uh, you know, the, the shows on the road? Is it a little less pressure, a little more fun for you in terms of... Uh... Absolutely. Yeah, it's way less pressure, you know. I mean, I still have to make sure we perform well, right. uh, of course, but uh, it's very relaxed and it's, it's 10, 15 minutes from my house, you know. It just feels so comfortable up there at this point, being the fifth year we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like home, you know. So, yeah, it's it's definitely way better than, than driving a whole bunch <laughs> in between shows. Yeah. 
Now, uh, you guys have a lot of uh, transition in, in the fan base when it comes to, uh, you know, there's a lot of jam band people and things like that that are into what you guys do and vice versa. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting about that whole scene that people from outside of that may not know or may not even understand is uh, a, a lot of people will uh, record everything that you guys do and then put it up for free online. Mm -hmm. And to guys like Metallica, that probably blows their minds and <laughs> makes them think, why the hell would they do that? That's, mm -hmm. that's you know, you should charge the people for everything, you know? And you guys kind of have a policy of, you know, just let everybody, you know, let, let everybody do those things. And you guys have personal friends that, that do that and put up great recordings mm -hmm. that you can find online right now. Is, is that always been your, your feeling on it? Like, do you, do, it, it doesn't really, uh, do you feel like it has a huge effect on album sales or things like that? <clears throat> I mean, I think what it comes down to is people love it. They love to be able to listen to the show, if, especially if they weren't at it, you know. Mm -hmm. if, they can, if they can have access to it the, the next day, you know, be able to listen to it on their drive to work or while they're cooking in the kitchen or whatever, um, you know, that's just, it seems to make them very happy. Um, now, originally when we started doing it, um, we were putting them up online and it was, uh, you, can, you can download it, you know, and, and save it and have it for, for free forever. Um, now we've changed it to a, a just a streaming now, mm. so <clears throat> it's not like you can save it onto your. I, I'm sure there's some way somebody can probably. Do that <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure but, you could if you wanted. But to. Uh, we kind of tried to do that, and for select shows we record them and we don't release the uh, live live recording until you know we decide if whether or not we want to use it for mm. um, something we do want to sell or not. But yeah, for the most part, we just put them all up there. Um, our buddy Keith Litzenberger takes care of that. And uh, I feel like it's been a great uh, way for us to grow organically, you know, for sure. Um, I think there's probably definitely been people who have heard us, you know, on archive.org first before they ever <laughs> knew who we were and said, okay, this sounds kind of fun. I'll go check this out. Um, so it's been pretty cool. And uh, Metallica, whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good for us. We like it. <laughs> And, and you know, with the with the new album out, uh, well, coming out uh, within uh, you know the year, um, what are you thinking in terms of uh, the way it's going to sound? Do you try to uh, come up with a specific sound that you want to hear on the album that that you can produce live, or would you rather you know record something that is different from the live version? I think um, that varies from guy to guy in the mm -hmm. band, probably. But in my opinion, um, you know, you're going into a studio. You have the opportunity to make it sound like whatever you want, really, you know, and you have the time to do it too. Um, for the most part, um, I do like for us to be able to translate, uh, you know, those recordings to to the stage. Um, but you know, if we can't, I I don't have any any problem with that. I I think uh, you know, get in there and have a little fun and experiment and do something you can't do live. You know, it's it's great and it's there forever that way. You know. Uh, Robert Fellin asks, uh, is it possible that for y'all to uh, compile a best of live recordings uh, for a live album? Yeah, I don't see why not. Fallen. I call him Fallen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't you get it together, actually, and then I'll review it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, make them do the work. I'm just surprised he asked a serious question and didn't, uh, wasn't like making fun of me or something. Um, <laughs> That's not a bad idea, Bob. You know, I'm going to... That is actually a really good idea. That would be really cool. And I bet a lot of people will be interested in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Now, do you think of uh, things in terms of, of uh, a best of? You know, do you think like, okay, these are the these are the tracks that I would put on something like that, or you know, uh, is that something that more the audience decides? You know, like you, maybe you think, ah, eh, this song's more of kind of a B side kind of thing, but then it goes over really well, and you think, oh, okay, maybe it's not. It's funny. Like I, I want to say, like I think I know what songs the crowd responds to the best, but I don't know. But you know, everybody's different. They're we could make possibly make an album like that, and then somebody will say, "Well, why is this song on here, and why is this song not on there?" Uh, right. So I, I don't know, um, but there's certainly fan favorites for sure that are obvious, I think, to us and to everyone. But um, as far as knowing exactly mm -hmm. to do a whole album like that, it would just uh, it would be up to us uh, for sure. You know what we want to put out, but. Um, I don't know. It's definitely not time for a best of cabinet, I don't think. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw you guys was at the Sherman Theater. It wasn't the Halloween show. It was just a different show. I think you guys were playing maybe with Railroad Earth. Mm -hmm. It was a couple, it was like four years ago. Okay. And uh, I oh, had was never... Was that like Thanksgiving It might. Thing? I think it was like oh, around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I had never seen you guys. I never even heard like any kind of music that you guys had put out before. So I didn't know what to expect. And uh, I remember... I was kind of like, I didn't really know many people there. I wasn't really a part of the scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was kind of like roaming around the audience, like, all right, like, what's this all about? Mm -hmm. And then um, you guys played Caroline, and I heard like the whole crowd, like, just all at <laughs> once, like, start singing this song. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, this is like really cool, you know? It was like this, like, unified yeah. uh, chorus of everybody singing. And I was like, whoa, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I feel like that would definitely be like, because uh, that's the song I remember the most of seeing you guys mm -hmm. for the first time. Like that was a song that resonated with me, and I feel like if you guys did a live album, like that would be a staple. On that was th that was the <laughs> one that first came into my brain when we were started talking about this, and uh, yeah, that I mean that's that's a, a crowd favorite for sure, and that's one like there's no okay maybe not no better feeling, but there's not many things that feel better than playing that song live and having the whole crowd sing it. I yeah, mean, it's just. It's so cool, you know? It's very humbling. That song then came on at the bog, and I was sitting there with Mike Lello, and Dylan and I had already been kind of, like, dating for a couple of weeks at this point, and I'm like, I know this song from somewhere, and Mike's like, yeah, it's Cabinet, and I was like, oh! Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's right! <laughs> Maybe you were just confused because everyone in the bar wasn't singing it at the <laughs> Yeah, yeah! I was like, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fun one. It is a fun one. Mm -mm. You know, how does that how does that kind of music come out of, you know, of all places, Scranton or Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania? Like, you th I would I would think if if I were to listen to your music without ever having known anything about the band or anything like that, I'd say you guys were from the South. You know, mm -hmm. I'd say you guys are from, you know, Kentucky or Tennessee or something like that. Well, you know, how, how does it end up coming up from here? Well, one thing you need to understand about my cousin, Pappy, is he is uh, he's from Cleveland, mm -hmm. but he, he's very confused about where he's from <laughs> uh i think he believes he's from tennessee okay you know or for sure or or georgia or something he's got that twang he's just got yeah. this twang this strange <laughs> little twang i don't even know where it comes from but and it, it rubs off on me sometimes too also hey 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 how y'all doing what's going on uh, and I, I hear myself and i'm like wait that's not how you talk man what are you doing <laughs> pappy but uh i mean he's definitely was a, a big part of that like the twang you know not only in the way that he talks and sings uh, originally when the band started but um in the music too he just 
really dug into bluegrass like hard when we started playing and uh and that's that was the real driving force behind it you know myself you know i i'm more of a like i said listen to grew up listening to singer songwriter type of stuff and hmm. the beatles but I, I always embraced that kind of like cowboy stuff like western things like i'm a, I'm a total nerd when it comes to cowboy music I, I love it like stuff that sounds like so goofy and silly from like the 30s people <laughs> are like these guys are singing about you know prairie dogs and, <laughs> and sleeping under the the crescent moon underneath the mountain or something but they're they're singing it like oh there's a rainbow over the range <laughs> and it's ridiculous but i i love it. i love the sons of the pioneers i don't know if you guys ever listen to them but mm. i can just i can listen to them all day they're my favorite band in the mm. world and uh they're an interesting band they do all country western like cowboy songs and they started in I think the 40s, I'm not sure, but mm. um, either way, the band has never stopped playing since then. They reincorporate new members, and so they, the, the band has just never stopped. There's still a band today. It's the, I don't know if there's, I don't think there's any of the original members in the band, but mm. um, uh, they just keep going. So it's like the, the great-grandsons of the pioneers now or something <laughs> like that. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I love, I just love the tradition of it, and I love like that whole, like, you know, when when the West was really we untouched still and, you know, we came over here and conquered it or whatever, but, and it wasn't fun. Like the songs are very romanticized about how it would be nice to be a cowboy and how the life mm. could be good, but it was a terrible, crappy life uh, from what I uh, understand uh, from what actual history tells us. But I like to romanticize about it as well and uh, believe that. I could be just another cowboy riding my horse off into the sunset with a piece of straw hanging out of my mouth. Very American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about it, like, <laughs> country western songs. We just like cut to like, you're like out like like on the prairie like riding a horse. Oh, if only. That's that's what we have the green screen. That's the dream. Your lasso. That's the dream. That's what we're going for. Oh yeah, my lariat, lariat by my side. Yeah. Get get a little hobby horse. Yeah. <laughs> <I know that>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I just saw a video of that recently. There's there's a, a whole competition now. Yeah. Where you ride around on the hobby horses and like jump over things and stuff like so that. Is that the stick with yeah. the horse? <laughs> yeah. The stick with the horse. Uh -huh. And they're like dead serious doing it too. Wow. They're like like so competitive. They got the the, the face on. Like wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy pretty, gear and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty intense. I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> What is it called? A hobby horse? A hobby horse. Hobby horse. Okay, yeah. Of course. I I don't know what the the competition is called, but it was all over the news the last couple of days. Do you, so. you win money? I would guess so. Well, I mean, I mean how, I'm gonna have to sign up. There has up. to be some incentive. I mean, right? either that or just the, the, glory. the glory. You know. <laughs> hobby horse master. <laughs> I just now I'm like forever gonna think of you like when you know when Billy Madison goes to like his happy place. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm on the I'm on the prairie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or in the mountains. Yeah. Riding <laughs> off into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Robert asked, "Do you guys ever plan on getting to the West Coast?" Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We'll be. We won't be all the way out there, but um, this year we'll we'll make our way. Um, uh, pretty far out there. Uh, not at liberty to say where yet, but we'll be out that way. Mm. I'd love to play in California more if possible. You know, we've we've played there once. Um, so I'd love to get out there some more and 
really hit some of the cool spots there. I feel like they would um, embrace you guys very much on yeah. the West Coast, especially like Northern California. That's where it's all going on for kind of what we're doing now, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I know like the, the string dusters and Railroad Earth and, and um, Green Sky and um, a whole bunch of those, I mean, horseshoes and hand grenades and um, that's where like the, the blue grass, blue, gra blue grass, <laughs> uh, trash grass uh, or jam grass or whatever you want to call it. That's like where it's going on in Colorado and Oregon and, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, even the Dakotas and in uh, California. For sure in Utah so um, yeah the more we can get out there the better so hopefully you'll be seeing a lot of us out on the West Coast yeah I think that would be great for you guys mm -hmm. yeah I think so too uh, Adam Lash asks when uh, you were in uh, uh, Burlington uh, Vermont a couple weeks ago were you able to check out our fine state uh, do you, do you uh, get the chance to try uh, a nice ma maple creme. I don't know what that is, but that sounds awesome uh, you know what when we were up there I did not try one of those but I the like two or three times ago when I was up there, I, I had one. I actually I stopped in this little little diner. Me and Mickey, our guitar player, we stopped in a little diner on the way home, and um, sure enough, the waitress had made some of those, and she was entering them in a competition. And I said, "Well, if you need anyone to test them out and make sure that they're delicious or not, you know, me and Mick are here. We'll, <laughs> we'll give them a try." And she was nice enough to to give the two of us one, and uh, yeah, they were real good. And I love Vermont. Um, but I didn't get to check the state out too much when we were there. It was kind of a, an in-and-out type of deal. But every time I drive up there, if I have some time, I, I make it a point to um, take an alternate route and go through the, the country and go through the mountains a little bit. Um, I love going up, I think it's 33, past this, this one really cool lake um, on my way up to Burlington. But uh, I'll be exploring it a bunch more, rest assured. No billboards in Vermont. I know it's Isn't lovely. That interesting, yeah. and no, you could tell. Yeah, you can. You, you You'd can be surprised how much you of can a see the world around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. I know you get out of New York, and it's like, whoa! Oh, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> well, it's so beautiful. It would be. It's just a. It would be a terrible place to. Well, I mean, no place is really a great place for a billboard. I agree. If you right. want to, if you want to see the actual Earth, but unless you guys are on it. Yeah, yeah. In that case, they should be all over Vermont. <laughs> uh, Shauna Ashley says, uh, "Would prefer to have cabinet here in Baltimore tonight over Metallica." So another jab at Metallica. <laughs> oh, look, wow. I, I, nothing against Metallica. They're gonna sue you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> they might. We keep talking about them. Well, I wish we were in Baltimore too. I love that town. Sorry, we're not there, Shanna. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with us. And yeah. here I am. <laughs> Fucking lovely Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> uh, Jim Andrews says to take take him with you, so you can take him with you if you'd like. And uh, Rich Rich Stoller asks asks you to do one more song, which you can do if you want. That's uh, up to you. Yeah, I'd be happy to. if you want to do uh, if you want to do one more. What do you want to hear, Rich can you close Stoller? Close us out. Yeah, is there uh, is there any other uh, song that you guys want to hear uh, by request? Uh, anything uh, specific? I think they're on a little bit of a delay. Yeah, so, it might so it'll take probably. A just all make sure they're all Metallica. Recorded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eggs. Eggs <laughs> and land. Often never, never land. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting to hear a, a cabinet version of that. Yes, uh, it's it's backwards the way that it shows it, so it actually is up here. Um, tower. 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 
Okay. All right. You do the tower. I like that one, too. All right. Well, How much time do we it. have left here? Six minutes. Okay. Great. Yeah. Perfect. So we got time. All right. Cool. Let's do another little song here. The gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that in Scranton accent. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as Scranton as it gets. <laughs> well, I jumped off the tower 30 feet above the land, up above the water, and I let go of my hands and my feet till I touched the bottom of the body. Insert awesome Todd fiddle solo right here. And then a little bit of banjo. We walk along the railway, send the tracks. Never make fishing poles up on our backs and our hats are on yeah well uh -huh. Thank you so much for everybody who uh, who tuned in today and uh, you know kept the uh, the comment section interesting. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a little bit different than we usually do. Uh, so uh, make sure that you uh, see the fifth annual Susquehanna Breakdown Music Festival at the Pavilion at Montage Mountain on Friday, May nineteenth, and Saturday, May twentieth. Uh, thank you so much, JP, for being on. Come on out. <laughs> Come on out to the breakdown. <laughs> That's going to do it. That, that is, that is going to do it right there. That was it. That sealed the deal for everybody. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. And uh, make sure to pre-order the uh, new album, uh, Cool River. Thank you. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>